Welcome to Mom to Mom Radio Show, your time of encouragement, Mom to Mom. Mom to Mom Radio Show is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I am Cindy Rushton, your show host, and I am so glad that you're joining us today. I have an awesome show planned for you today. Don't forget to check out our website. You can find us online at momtomomradioshow.com. There, you will find our archives from our past shows covering all things godly womanhood. While you are there, check out our archives of our past shows. Find our articles and tips, see our show notes, and of course, get connected to us through social media and of course, our mailing list. Check us out today. You won't want to miss even one show. Well, are you ready for our new show? Just grab a big cup of tea, settle in for a bit. We have a great show lined up for you. Ready? Well, let's dig in. Good morning. I am so excited to welcome you to the new show today. And if this is your first time to join us, well, hey, I'm just happy you found me. And you'll definitely want to go back to my website as I invited you um, to check out MomToMomRadioShow.com. We have some archives already starting to build back up. When I say build back up, Mom to Mom Radio Show is definitely not a new show. Actually, we have been around for quite some time. We had a, a sabbatical for a few years. You can learn more about that in our very first show back on the network. Mom to Mom has been around for quite some time. And you guys, we are here to stay again. I am so excited to be back. But... Partly is because of topics like I'm going to be sharing today. If this is not your first time, hey, welcome back. I am so excited that we are back. We are um, producing shows every week. And this topic, I think, is exciting because of just how it falls into um, the year, how it falls into this lineup. I think it's just strategic. It can only be a God thing. And so I give him glory and honor um, if you are not familiar with even who I am, or you're just wondering how to stay connected with me, check me out at my website. It's cindyrushton.com, and that's R-U-S-H-T-O-N, and of course, Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y. But anyway, um, check us out, connect with me. I'm on social media. I have a mailing list that you can connect to. It's about to ramp back up. So you definitely want to be on that, at least the update list, because the update list will let you know everything I have going on, because I have a lot going on. And um, if you have not tuned into my other show here at um, Ultimate Christian Podcast Network, um, you'll definitely want to check out Iron Sharpening Iron, um, because actually I'm producing two shows a week. I'm producing Mom to Mom, and I'm producing Iron Sharpening Iron. So, without any further ado, I am thrilled about this topic today. I guess I've said excited, thrilled. You know I'm a little happy about this one. I think it's because September represents the new year for many people around the world. And I think it's interesting that, to me, the next four months, from what I've seen in my life, as well as what I've seen in clients that I've coached in the past, as well as even clients that I'm coaching today, these four months make or break a year. 
there are often many obstacles that come up from January 1st when we set some resolutions to where we are today. And many obstacles totally derail people for months, sometimes from January 2nd until September 1st. And so it is so exciting to see that sometimes those procrastinators, (laughs) I'm sorry, maybe I'm not calling everybody a procrastinator, but all of us tend to do well when we're under a little bit of pressure, when we've got a deadline. In fact, that's probably why we should set deadlines January 1st. You'll hear me say that. Um, If you keep on listening, you're going to hear me say that when we start nearing December and we start planning for the new year and when we start going into the new year, you're going to hear me say set deadlines, set deadlines, or set pivotal points that help you evaluate because this is how you accomplish much. You know, last time we talked about productivity. This week, we're going to talk about just making this year exactly what you want for it to be. We're going to talk about going for your dream. This is kind of complementary to what I taught last week on iron sharpening iron. So you definitely will want to hop on over there and hear that topic on go for the dream. But it's complementary because it actually has one that that is one of the points of daring to dream. Hold on, I'll get there in a minute. But <clears throat> The reason that I want to talk about this is I want you to say, I want to I want to talk about what is this the this last bit of the year going to look like for you. What you're going to do is the topic. And what you're going to do the next few weeks to to make this year exactly what you dreamed it would be in December last year. What or maybe you didn't dare to even dream about this year being anything. Well, uh it's time. It is time. It's time for you to dream again. It is time for you to live out your life purpose. It's time for you to set some goals and reach some crazy, awesome goals. It is time for you to invest in yourself. It's time for you to get moving and do what you are called to do. Oh my goodness. If you have, I mean, this is the perfect time. This morning I woke up and it is nice and cool. Like I have no air at all on at home. And I woke up this morning a lot earlier (laughs) and went back to sleep because it was like cozy weather. I was like, oh yeah, I've reset my alarm and I, I set it for later so I could just enjoy being cozy and resting. And, and I, I have to tell you that that's not usual for me. It's just, I happened to have one day off this morning, uh, this week, and I've worked a lot of hours and I thought, you know what? This is perfect. This is that fall weather that I just live for. And, um, and but it, you know, I love this time because this time invites me to get out running, which I'm about to start um, prepping for a 10K that I have to do in a few weeks. Yeah, I know. It's scary, isn't it? And this is that time of year where I clean out and revamp. This is where I pull out my journals and say, how you doing? Um, this is that time of year where where I evaluate, okay, what activities need to go into this last bit of the year, this last four months? What are going to help me reach for my calling? What are going to help me reach for my purpose? What is it that can go? And you know what? I have been pruning. I have been changing things up. I've been making things to where I have a very, very intentional focus the next four months. And I thought, this is the perfect topic. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do the next four months? 
Are you being intentional? Are you reaching for the things that really matter for you? Are you, are you doing the things that are your best? Well, stick with me. Today, um, I'm going to dig in and I really kind of look at this as kind of a coaching session, me to you, where I'm going to help you to really evaluate some things and see what needs to be part of your life, what needs to go, and how you can be your very, very, very best you. How about that? You ready? Well, first of all, dare to dream. Yeah. And again, go back and listen to Iron Sharpening Iron. I'm not going into this deep, I promise. But I just want to ask you something. What do you want? I have a little posty note that's in my bathroom that I see every single morning. And it asks me, what do you want, Cindy? I mean, I talk to myself like this. How about you? Do you do this? Uh, It's strategic. It's strategic to live in the life you want to live. And that little posty note says, what do you want? And what are you willing to do to get there? And it really probes deep inside of me every single morning when I'm getting ready. Because it, it, it asks me that question of what is it that you really, really, really want? For a long time, I wanted what everybody else told me that I wanted. I wanted what everybody else needed. I wanted all these other things that um, I tended to dysfunctionally get trapped into. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you been there, done that? And I really didn't know what I wanted. And I believe that this is key for us to really know if we're to know God. God wants you to dream. He wants you to want things. That's why he says that he will give you the desires of your heart when you trust in him. And you trust him to take care of you. And you lean into him. And you don't don't go after what you think is right. But yet you dare to desire. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That scripture is just a little different. That, that would be my translation, right? <laughs> but, but no, God, God is not this God who wants you just to exist in exile or in slavery. In fact, go back into scripture and look at his desires over and over and over and over. He details how he wants his people in promise in blessings, in prosperity. Now, your prosperity ideas and his prosperity ideas may need to be revamped. Most people just don't get it. I had someone tell me just this past week, and I love them, that they didn't like a certain pastor because all he does is smile and talk about prosperity. I said, and your problem is what? What? What is your problem with that? Because first off, he's smiling. I think that's pretty refreshing in a culture where everybody's grumpy, grumbly and, and whining about what they think they're entitled to have. Joy comes from the Lord. And I, I tend to zone in those people who are truly happy, who are passionate, who are, who are truly, truly exuding joy. I want to know more about what they're doing. How are they doing that and keeping that up year after year after year after year? Because you know what? You can only put on a face for so long before you crash. And when I see people like that, that's what I want to be. In fact, I pray. Somebody told me the other day, they said, you are so passionate. You're always happy. No, I'm not always happy, but I'm always full of joy. There's a big difference. 
And I pray that God's joy overrides my struggles or my fear that comes upon me. Because that is, of course, a demonic attack. Fear is not of God. Faith is of God. Faith brings all those those qualities of the whole uh, that the Holy Spirit has indwelling within us. It brings it out to the surface. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But that's exactly what we want to be. And we definitely prosperity. Going back to that, if somebody's teaching you prosperity, good, good, because we've had enough men and women in the pulpit through the years that say, well, God doesn't believe that. Well, you need to understand what their deep, dark beliefs are. Many of them don't even believe the Holy Spirit is indwelling and he is empowering and that he's prophesying through people, that he's bringing healing. They cannot even go to the hospital and give God the credit for bringing somebody back when doctors who don't even believe in God can say, your God is helping you. And yet they're, you're, we're listening to them when they are dispensationalists that believe that the, the gifts of the Spirit were only good at Pentecost. Pentecost. And for those original apostles, are you kidding me? What kind of doctrine do you, where do you even get that doctrine? Where? Because that doctrine is so insane. It doesn't even make sense because all throughout time, God came upon people, enabled them to do things that were amazing. And, and he, he said that we're going to be like Christ. Even Christ himself said that we're going to be able to do the things he did and even more. How do you do that? without the enabling of the Holy Spirit. You get me? You tracking? Let me just tell you, the doctrines that tell you that you're, you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, the full power of the Holy Spirit, the, the doctrines that tell you that prosperity is, is, is not what God intends, I just don't even understand how they are tracking that through the whole Bible. They are ignoring passages. They are misinterpreting passages. Yes, prosperity may not look like we think. We may think it's, ooh, God's just going to drop a big bundle of money in our lap when we've been irresponsible with the finances he's given us. No, 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 not exactly. However, sometimes he might. (laughs) I'm telling you, he does little and big things. In fact, I'm just going to, I'm jumping off on a rabbit trail because I just really feel like somebody needs to hear this. But I, um... I went through a divorce a few years ago. It's part of my sabbatical from mom to mom. I am definitely the um, pastor teacher who will put myself on a bench and make sure that I'm, I'm what I need to be at, at, in personal at, so that I can be that in public or that I am privately, um, personally, myself um, taken care of. Um, before I ever step back in a pulpit or try to have a public ministry. So I pulled back because, I mean, man, you talk about some invitation to have bitterness and invitation to be taking up offense and, and needing healing and needing God to reorder some things. And I think it's very appropriate to even tell you this in light of this point, because one of the things that I didn't even know when I came out of my divorce was what I even wanted. That's why that note is in my, in, in my bathroom by my mirror that I read it every single morning. I remember going on a date, maybe, I don't know, nine months after my divorce. And it was with a really good friend. He and I are good friends. Um, we do a lot of business things together. He may even been listening to the show, but 
he told me, he said, you know what? I want to give you an after action report. And this is how we talk. We're so crazy. But anyway, he said, you know what? I cannot wait to see you when you know what you want. He said, I just want to challenge you to dare to want things, to want things. Know where you want. He said, when we come in this room, you didn't even know where you wanted to sit. And I, I was like, but I didn't care. He said, I want to see you care. Okay. And you guys, I believe from the bottom of my heart that prosperity may mean different things. And it, it may mean knowing what you really want and what you really want may not be, uh, it, I mean, we may say we want a big, huge bank account because I mean, who wouldn't say that they would really want that? But there's a part of me that says, you know what? I love simple things and coming out of my marriage, boy, I've got a taste of that. And I went through some really difficult times and, and I want to share this because I think that somebody may need to hear this to really understand prosperity because one of the days in particular, I remember um, battling with a vehicle. I had had an accident where it was, and it's got a big long story and I'm not telling it today. I'd had an accident where I wrecked a vehicle and I was having to drive another vehicle. Well, it was like though that vehicle, my finances were so tight and that, that vehicle started having problems with tires. It was the strangest thing because the tires looked really good, but it was like they wouldn't hold air. And um, I was having to stop, you know, air them up when I would leave to go to town, air them up whenever they had sat all day at work and I was going back home. And it was just a lot of stress mixed with the fact that my finances were really, really, really tight. And um, I was cut down to like 28 hours a week and I need 40 to be able to be comfortable and um it it was and I had moved further out so I was having to drive further um like I said the vehicle was giving me trouble and I remember one night being about in tears and really being down to like $30 and that $30 had to put gas in the car but it also had to air up the tires every day until payday and I remember thinking god I don't know how I'm going to make it that does not count my food and Lord, I know you always provide. And I know, I know what the Bible says about finances. I know that I'm in covenant with you. God, I need to know what I need to do here. And he, he put on my heart, literally, to write down everything the next, what was it? I don't know, 12 days. Write down everything he did in the next 12 days to provide for me. Well, right after he, he spoke to my heart, I was standing there waiting. I mean, I was sitting there waiting to air up my tires. And this guy, I mean, I was, think, I was thinking, man, these tires are low. You need to hurry. This man was taking his time, you know, checking all kinds of things on his car. And and it happened to be the one place I could use that could tell me how, what the pressure was on my tire as it was airing it up. And he came over and he said, ma'am, could I fill up your tires for you? And I just sat there almost in tears saying, well, yes, because it was like God had said, Cindy, see, see. And so the man filled my tires up and I, all the way home after I finally got out of his presence. I mean, I was thanking him. He was so precious. He didn't just let me use the air he had paid for, but he filled my tire, you know, checked all my tires for me. And it was just beautiful. It's like God blessed me in such a way because it was more than just 
the dollar that it was going to cost me to air up my tires. It was also someone taking care of it for me and letting me sit and rest. And it was like, this is also one thing with God. And I'm going to come back to this in a few moments. And I promise this is, I'll try to make this my only rabbit trail, but maybe, maybe not. Right. <laughs> um, this is mom to mom. If we were over tea, we would be doing this rabbit trail. Right. But um, anyway, it was God showing me that, you know, Cindy, you can work only just so far. A Sabbath rest is more than being off on a day, one day a week. It's more than coming into my presence, worshiping. It is you really, truly knowing that I'm God. And in the, in the Old Testament, it tells us even that the Sabbath is designed for man to work, but then to know that God is the God who blesses our work. And he's the one who brings that blessing slash prosperity that that um, he's the one who adds to it and he's the one you can work so hard and I've seen this working in the workforce not being in full-time ministry I've seen this you can work and you can work and you can work and those dollars just seem to never stretch but God says that he's the one who blesses and let me just finish that testimony over the course of that next two weeks God didn't just bless me. It was like all of a sudden I had a girl at work who said, I cleaned out my freezer and I had all this food extra and the Lord told me to give it to you. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about two weeks worth of food. Every meal, every meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. She didn't know my need. She didn't know my stress. She didn't even know my prayer to God going, God, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And remember me saying I had enough for gas. But here I was having to also air up the tires, and and I and then I didn't have the money for food. Here God blessed me with that, and you're talking about that several hundred dollars worth of food that she gave me. Then it was um, I forget all the different things. I was invited to dinner. I was um, I had friends bring me bags of clothes. They had out. They had lost weight. And they were ahead of me on the weight loss journey. And they brought me clothes. I had one girl at work that said that she cleaned out her jewelry. Now, this is where it got silly funny. Because, I mean, this is just examples. And I'm telling you, I have pages that I kept in my journal of what God did. And it just blew me away. It just blew me away. But this was the funniest part. This girl cleaned out her jewelry and brought me this huge bag. I could not wear all that jewelry in a month if I wore something every day. And I felt like God was just smiling saying, Cindy, I said, I bless. And I want you to get my blessings that your provision, your provider, your Jehovah Jireh is not the job. It is me. And I just, I just totally believe that God wanted somebody to hear this today. Yes, Christians, Christians, you're in covenant with a God who wants to be and become everything you'll ever need. And he wants you to dare to dream, to dream big, to, to ask yourself, what do I really want? If I serve a God who is this good and I haven't experienced this, then I need to look at what I'm believing. I need to look at what I'm daring to dream. Am I daring to dream or am I buying into these people that their doctrines are messed up and they're telling me that God doesn't do things this way in this day and time and I'm believing it. No, you are Abraham's seed. 
All the promises to his people are your promises. And I want to challenge you to step into it. If you've not stepped into it, it is time to step into it. If you have stepped into it, maybe you've turned aside, you tried to work your way into heaven, you tried to work your way into surviving and getting by, I challenge you today to just rest and to press in, to dare to dream for the big things that that are on your heart or maybe things that have collected dust, your home, your maybe your Prince Charming, maybe you're single and you're thinking, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I thought that th- just this week, I said, you know, as a matter of fact, let me back up. Just yesterday, I was driving back home from Birmingham. Um, I w- I've been working there this week. And and I was driving back and I said, God, I'm just so thankful for you. You're such a good God. Um, you're such a perfect lover of my soul. You're such a perfect boyfriend. You're always there. You listen. You are so faithful. You're so amazing. And I'm just content if it's just me and you forever. And there was a check come into my spirit, Cindy. Don't stop dreaming. Don't stop asking me for what you want. You want an amazing husband? I've got it. You get ready. Just get ready and be content while you're ready. Be that beautiful bride preparing. And so it, that may be for somebody also out there. Don't ever give up. Don't give up on any of his dreams. Maybe it's for children. Boy, I remember going through years of infertility. Don't give up. God blesses. Man, look at how many people. I think it's interesting that strategically he puts in the Bible, even with Abraham and then Isaac and then so many others. I mean, I don't see many people in the lineage of Jesus that were not uh, crazy conceived. And if God is so into the lineage and into blessing families with children, why not you? I don't know what his plan is, but man, press into it. He's not giving you a desire for children without giving you a beautiful home full of them. And I don't know how he's going to do it. I have one friend. I don't know. I love um, what she's done. They've actually, they've had children, but they've adopted many children. They call their um their home, the United Nations. (laughs) But I love it because God has given her not only children through her womb, but also he has given her children um, that, that were born through other wombs that are just beautiful. And they get a mommy who really wants them and loves them. And I'm telling you what, this girl, when she fought for her actual pregnancies, I think it put something inside of her that made her fight governments for children now. And so I just love her story. And I don't know what God is going to do through your story, but I know that he is a God who blesses and loves to put children into homes. And he loves mommies that have a heart for children. And, um, and so I just feel like you need to hear that, but also grandchildren, you know, for me, I walked through a season of infertility and I didn't have more children through my womb, um, that were birthed here in, on earth. They were birthed in heaven. And I think, um, that uh, that's another whole story, but, um, I, I really truly believe that God blessed me with each and every one of them and they have impacted my life in such an amazing way. But one of the things he chose to do through me up until this season, and who knows, he may end up letting me adopt later. Um, I have no idea. I don't think he's finished with me just because I'm past menopause, but 
he's blessed me with grandchildren. And like just this week, getting to talk to my grandbaby, Josh, he turned seven and getting to talk to him on the phone. It was like talking to a mini Matthew. And um, I, I can't even tell you how precious that was, but I want many more grandchildren. I'm just praying that my children are just blessed. I pray that I'm blessed to see my great grandchildren come to this earth and, and that I can impact them. Josh said something that was so cute. He asked me, he said, so Mimi, how are your studies going? And I told him that my studies were really good and that I just made a hundred on my final research paper and I'd made a hundred on both my sermons and that that made all of my grades, my two grades in um, introduction to preaching and, and, and Isaiah made them 99. I said, I was sweating those classes, but I made a 99. He said, Mimi, I am so proud of you. I said, so how are your studies? And he said, they're pretty good. He said, but you know, I'm really looking forward to college. <laughs> he said, I said, you are? And he said, yes. He said, I'm going to study the Bible like you. And I thought, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for a glimpse into this child's heart that I am able to be a woman of influence in these years into the life of a child that I support his mommy and daddy being parents as I am I'm loving him and I'm influencing him by my life as well. That that I can I can speak into his life in ways that that only a grandmother can speak into his life. And what a blessing that is. That is one of my dreams. I remember God speaking to my heart in the middle of all that infertility. I'm talking about what is that, maybe 15, 20 years ago almost? Speaking into my life and saying, Cindy, I have good plans for you plans to prosper you and give you hope in a future. And he planted in my heart the dream of grandchildren. And you guys, they're so dreamy. They're so worth it. What about a successful career of ministry? Maybe it's retirement. My mom is living that dream right now. She just got to retire and I'm so excited for her. She's in heaven getting to plant flowers and enjoy great grandchildren and great grandchildren and I mean, man, the woman is in heaven and that is her dream. She's worked very hard all her life to get here and she is soaking it up just like she always soaks things up. It's just beautiful. But what about it? Is it a retirement for you? Maybe it's a home. My sweet friend, my be one of my best friends just got her, her home. She has, she has been faithful through, I, I mean, many, many, many years and God just gave her a home that is not just a home. It is a home that she is going to be able to be hospitable, which is just her. I mean, if I think of hospitality, I think I see her face. But uh, she also, I mean, brings people into her home, not just for basic hospitality. But I'm talking about ministry. That's the place I went to on my 50th birthday because I couldn't think of a better place to be on, on the whole planet than to be in her presence dreaming dreams and making plans and doing what you and I are doing here in this show today. But maybe it's a house, a home. Maybe it's taking on a new challenge. Going back to school is one of mine. I didn't even realize it because I had so let the dust um, rest on the dreams. And it, you know, it's kind of funny. I dreamed when I was a kid, I actually had a full scholarship to go to Birmingham to school, to college. Now I'm not doing the same program because when it come down to it, God asked me, what do you want? Do you want that? I was like, no, been there, done that, been done hygiene, dental hygiene. I, if I could do anything, I'd want to go to seminary. And so the Lord 
put me into Highlands College in Birmingham, Alabama. I'll tell you what, if you've got kids that you want to see go to a great school, there's your school. There's your school. It's a fabulous school. And I'm doing that along with Point used to partner with them. They've just changed partnerships to Southeastern University out of Lakeland, Florida. Um, uh, and I'm doing my bachelor's while I'm doing Highlands College too. But, um, you know, I, I had put my dreams on the back burner for a long time and I was able to accomplish much, but it's like, this has been not because I can't accomplish without a degree. That's not what this is about. It's about what God is wanting to teach me through this. And it was kind of funny. Even last night I was studying in one of my classes, it was pastoral care and the Lord just wrecked me. In fact, I almost did a show on this today. And it probably will be the next show I do on how to how to help those in need. Right now, we have a country where people are hurting and we want to help, but sometimes we don't. We hurt. And so um, anyway, I was thinking last night about how appropriate that that message was for, for me last night. And what's interesting is my college, they're sending teams out right now to go and minister and and I'm, I'm talking about it is just beautiful to be a part of something like that and call that school. But that has been a challenge because I have to work. I'm trying I'm trying to um, re um, revamp and rebirth my ministry. I'm I'm trying to get fit and healthy. I'm ministering within my church. I've got a full plate, but I added school. And you may say, why did you do that? It was because I felt like it was my next step. It was the thing that the Lord wanted to grow me in these areas. And oh, was I so right. It has grown me in ways I can't even begin to tell you. And so maybe taking on a challenge, it may mean running running a distance. Or it may be, mean um, may, beginning a business. Or it may mean writing a book. Or it may mean... Um, stepping into something that you just never have done that's been on your heart. I want to ask you today, as you go into the last four months, what is it that you want? What is it that, that, that will you dare to dream something? Will you pull those dreams out from the recesses of your mind and dust them off and put them on the forefront of your mind? I think it's going to make a big difference in the next few months. So do that. And as a matter of fact, your homework is write it down. Write all that down because when you write the vision, you're going to then be able to run with it. And that brings me to the next thing. Find your purpose. You know, each and every one of us are created with purpose. And I really want for you to soak that in. God has a purpose for you. He has planted your very DNA is wired with parts of him. You're made in his image to where what you can... You can do something only you can do. And I just want you to think about that for a moment. It is not that if you don't write that book or if you don't do that ministry or if you don't do, um, if you don't move to that place that somebody else is going to do it and it's going to get done and hey, you can relax. I don't know where that doctrine actually come from or that, that idea of God, that theology came from. I don't really get it because you know what? God said, he's called you. Maybe it come from Esther where, you know, Mordecai is saying, well, who knows, maybe God will do it some other way if he doesn't do it through you. No, 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 no. I think the people would have suffered. I think there may have been a remnant that would have been left. The story would have been different. 
but I believe the people would have been wiped out if she had not stepped up. And I think she would have had a whole different story. Her story, she would have been wiped out as well. I do believe it. But I don't believe God would go and say, oops, well, Esther's not stepping up to her calling. I'm going to go to somebody else. That's not the way God works. That is not it. He, he, his people suffer. His people suffer without us stepping into our calling. And, you know, when I don't do what I'm needing to do, if I, if I'm not stepping up into my position in the body of Christ, that body part does not work. It's like it's limp. It's useless. It's like it's, it's put aside, not being used. You know, I've had, I've had different parts in my body I've not used because I've been nursing them and putting them back, you know, resting them. And, and, and all I've done is make them hurt worse. Do y'all know what I'm saying here? Have you ever had, like, my back, for example. I remember I had some major back issues. And I tell you, coming out of the um, pain and into recovery and then eventually running 5K and 10K, that, that was a huge journey. But there were parts of, t- there were times where, it was hurting so bad that I literally didn't use it, okay? And the whole body suffered. My whole body suffered. Everything, everything. I gained weight. I was health, more and more unhealthy. I mean, it was literally a cycle for my entire body. And I believe that that is exactly how the church is wired as well. If you don't step up to your calling and I don't step up into my calling and we don't live it out, or if we get distracted doing a lot of good things and we don't do the very thing that we are called to do, I believe that the whole body suffers because what we have is literally wired from God created from God and imparted into us and it is essential that we do it or there is a hole in the in the kingdom there's a whole ministry that is not being done there is a there is a gap in the in the kingdom of God and so it is essential that we find our purpose especially in this time and day day that we are living in especially in this culture that we are living in people are hurting they're crying out i just think about even my gifts i'll give you an example one of my gifts i i've i've been affirmed in this many times through the years it's like a mothering gift of coming alongside and training up people and and making people feel like that they could do it making it look easy it's like being a mother. You know, my my job with Matthew and Elizabeth, they were not my only children. The seven that are in heaven were not my only children. And I'm not just talking about my grandchildren either. They were they those are not my literal blood children are not my only children. I'm called to be a mother within the body of Christ, to be a spiritual mother, to have that pastoral heart in the body of Christ. Because I'm that person that you may not be physically learning to ride a bike, but you may be learning how to ride your bicycle or your tricycle in the kingdom of God. Because eventually you're going to be, you're going to be the one in the driver's seat driving the bus and making sure everybody's on the right place in the bus, managing, managing people or managing programs or managing your own ministry. I, I believe that it's not an accident that we start back with that little tricycle or, or and Matthew used to have this little thing. He called it his bun bun. And I, I mean, I know, I know it was this little, um, 
itty bitty it looked like a three-wheeler thing that was like for him when he was like a year old they could sit and play on it and I remember showing him how to get on and off of that we spent hours learning to get on and off of that and there are many people in the body of Christ that I am that basic just showing them how to just let me pray for them and get on and off of God's plan for their life and then there's those that I take out and we're, we're literally doing ministry side by side or that I'm actually watching them do ministry. And, and I believe I'm called for such a time as this. If I don't do this, there's a void. There's a need in the body. Do you see? Likewise, I don't know what your calling is. It's not going to be exactly what my calling is. Some of you may have similar callings to me, but your calling may, is most likely going to be very, very, very different. Don't negate it. It's essential. You've got to find your purpose. You've got to live it out. You've got to keep it in front of you because otherwise I see so many things that the enemy does to try to get us to get away from that because that is God's very, very, very best for us. And I see him coming up with distractions, with, um, with other ideas, with opportunities, and they will literally root out Every bit of the growing space that has to be for what you're really called to do. And again, without you, there's a void. So find your purpose and then set some goals to live that out. You know, again, seek God for that very, very, very best for that purpose. And it takes listening to him. And you may not have it in a day. You know, what's interesting to me is that recently I myself, um, spent, let's see, what has this been, a year and a half that I've been in school, I spent, um, it was a couple of different classes that they actually made us write out, like, our life story, how God has worked in us, what we have heard him say through the years, what he's called us into through the years, and then we had a class where we had to write out our mission, our vision, our purpose, um, our values. And there was something that happened when I did that particular class. It was like all of it came together. And I sat back and I realized that that little girl I was at eight years old, I was thinking about this just yesterday coming home from Birmingham, because some of you may not know, I was saved the year that my dad was transferred and we lived in Birmingham. And it's very special because the, the Sunday school teacher and the children's church teacher, and by the way, for those of you that that is your heartbeat, and that's where you feel called. Don't think that's a small thing. They literally, literally discipled me in the course of one year. And then they followed my life all through the years. I was way in ministry for many years. And they were still following my life. They are now passed away and awaiting me. They're in that great cloud of witnesses that cheers me on as I do what I do today. But don't think those are little things. Don't think they're little things. Because every Sunday, they would ask me, did you read your Bible each day this week? And you know what? Yes, I did. I read that King James Version of the Bible every single day. I was eight years old. I was a new reader. And I was reading it every day. And just and the Lord was just teaching me every day. Some of it I didn't understand. But it got into me. And it gave me this heartbeat, this passion, this, this, this discipline that is why I do what I do. 
The reason I'm enjoying right now that study of 1 Corinthians in school, the reason that I am in school even studying some of these things is because of that passion. And, and the reason I am in Birmingham, I fully believe, is because it takes me back to that place I was in as a little bitty girl. That passion to go wherever God sends me, to minister to whoever God sends my way in whatever way God tends to use. And I'm talking about that means whenever I am ministering to the homeless, that they're as valuable as me ministering to a leader of a nation. That they that the things I do, whether I'm praying for someone, like I mentioned, that person doing that tricycle ministry, teaching them that they can go to the Lord and, and, and literally helping push them on their little scooters um, it, with prayer or with feeding them or whatever I'm doing for them, that those little things are as important as when I am literally helping launch a ministry or helping to consult a church and helping them with church growth. All of that is just as vital. It's all just as important. However, let me just mention this. As important as everything is, not everything is our best. I remember reading screw tape letters, and you'll hear me say this over and over again because this book impacted me. But screw tape letters, um, in there, there's this um, uncle demon and this little nephew demon, and and this uncle demon is trying to um, help him to most effectively influence the life of people and. And this young demon actually failed. His person became a Christian. He didn't distract him enough to keep him from becoming a Christian. So he said, okay, we may not have been able to have kept him from coming to know the Lord, but we've got to keep him from being effective. We've got to keep him from basically doing this life purpose. And you know what? He, they, their, their plot was, their, 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 um, their actions, what they did to try to keep him from doing it, it was giving them lots of good things, lots of good things. And I think that sometimes we get so wrapped up in the good things, we get our identity out of the good things, we get our satisfaction out of these good things, and we get our comfort and our security, and, and all of that starts to come. And, and I mean, this is what we do. I hear it. I say it myself. I'm, I mean, I have to really evaluate. I said that I've been doing this myself to say, Cindy, hey, hey, it's time to look at everything. What can go? What has served its season? What has got to go so you can stick to your very best? I do this myself because if we don't, we're not going to be able to go for anything God has called us to do. We're going to live years of being, I mean, being good, <laughs> but not being effective. And it's like that. Those are the things, and I hate to say this, but I really think somebody needs to hear this, that those things, as good as they are, are not eternal. They're not. As much as we'd like to think they are, they're trinkets. Um, I have a teaching that I've taught in the past. It's called Trash, Trinkets, or Treasures. And honestly, some of those good things can actually be considered trash because they're sin. If we're doing them, and especially some of you are going to see it moving into that category, um, because it's going to be sin after you hear this. Don't turn it off because you've already heard too much. <laughs> If you're not doing God's very best and you're doing a lot of good things, that is sin if you know you're supposed to be doing something else. We, you know, the Lord says that eventually all these works are going to be brought, brought together. This is his word. I didn't make this up. All of these works are going to be brought to him. And I don't think that all are just evil. There's some that are good. 
but they're still sin because they are distracting us from what God has called us to do and be. And we need to really grasp a hold of that concept and realize that if we're not doing what is going to make it through the fire of judgment and be a crown that we can lay at the Lord's feet, then we're wasting a lot of time today. And I want to see your next four months help you to have treasures to lay at Jesus' feet. That's where you live out your purpose. So when we're setting goals, we need to seek God and say, okay, God, what is your very, very best for me? Help me. Help me. If you need to develop me so that I can be able to to do your very best, I get that. I get seasons where he's got us pulled aside and he is discipling us and he's teaching us and he's purifying us and he's training us. I've just went through four years. Like literally, I just went into the four, four years of being pulled aside and him healing me, him delivering me. It's no accident that part of my ministry is deliverance ministry. Um, and and pro- probably, again, like when I said praying for someone is one of the things that I do, mentoring people. But it's no accident that God has moved me into a very vibrant prayer ministry. And um, the things that he's done, he literally kind of had me on a tricycle for a bit going downtown, ministering to the homeless. I have, I can't even put into words what I saw as God began to use me to help to deliver people. I was on the tricycle and I had been in ministry for many, many years. And many of you've seen many things I've done, but God said, I'm taking you deeper. I'm taking you to a different place. I'm taking, I'm, I'm pushing back some walls and I'm, I'm taking off some lids that you put on because of your doctrines and because of your fears and because of your comforts. And those things would have been good today. (laughs) But God is saying, I want you to stick to your best. And so, like I said, there's a lot of things that he's done in me. This is, I hope this is giving you a picture of what he's saying for you as well. I want for each of us to have our treasures, our crowns to lay at his feet. And when I said trinkets, by the way, those are also sometimes little good things that, that um, are lingering on, but they need to be stopped. Because all they are is they're collecting dust. They're there for pretty to make you look good, to make the kingdom, you know, you think you're making the kingdom look good and powerful. God is saying, I want you getting down to the business of the very best. Okay. And, and, you know, I truly believe, I love um, that in school, Chris Hodges talks about there's always a next step and you need to be always looking at your next step and you need to be developing people who can do where, what you've done step into where you are, where you have been. And because, um, you have a next step as well. I think he just takes us more and more heavenward. And I think we have to seek him and ask him to show us his very, very, very best. And we have to make sure we're sticking to that. And there's times where pruning off really great parts of our ministry or pruning off total ministries is very difficult, but it's essential so that we can do the very best. So ask God for your very best today. And you look at life and you you bring everything that is supposed to be into your life into position, okay? And set goals to make those things happen. And when we make plans that are God's plans and we hear him, then Nothing we are we are called to do is impossible. He's going to give us the plan. I remember when I was homeschooling, and I even told um, 
Whitney this just the other day, that probably one of the most important things that I learned as a mom homeschooling my children was that God had a scope and sequence and that he himself was going to show me what I needed to do each step of the way, which steps I needed to take, what I needed to teach. He was so faithful with that. And likewise with life, he is just exactly like that with us. He's going to show us his plan. And he's going, I mean, it may be that he shows it to us like Abraham says, go. And we know that's the plan. Go, go that way, that direction. And he doesn't show us each step of the way. Or he could show us like he showed Moses and say, this is what you're going to say. This is what you're going to do. This is the response that's going to take place. And this is what you're then going to do and say, and this is what the response is going to be. He gave him those details, but now he didn't do that for everybody. Abraham, no, go, go. Can you imagine? But here's what I know. If you will get his plan and you'll just do what his plan is, he's faithful and he's going to show you the next step and the next step and the next step. He's always faithful. So I challenge you to set some goals for the next little bit. Get alone with God and ask him, what is my next step? What am I to do? And then let's set the goal to reach that next step. Let's ask him, okay, what will help me to reach that step? And let's get an action plan. Let's get this thing moving. So anyway, uh, set goals. And I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about that in the next few weeks, either here or on Iron Sharpening Iron. So definitely pay attention if you need some more help with that. But hey, you've got your work cut out, daring to dream, finding your purpose, and hearing God for his goal for you. So let's definitely get that in motion. The next thing is investing in yourself. You know, I totally believe that we always, always need to be doing um, two things. Number one, we need to be learning from someone in an area where we are struggling or needing help. And number two, we need to be teaching someone all the time. Um, One of the things that I do is I, I actually I have many, many mentors. I have I have actually several that are where I want to be one day in certain areas and they are the ones who are given permission to speak into my life and to hold me accountable and to ask me the tough questions. I do that because you know what I realize that there are areas that if I don't have those areas um, in accountability I'm going to sweep them aside and I'm, I'm going to miss really big things that God wants for me to do and also it weakens me as a person it, it opens up doors where if I let it go too long, it opens doors where the enemy can start to come in and he can start to work and get a stronghold. And so I want to always have accountability in areas that I am weak. And yet also there is some accountability just by, just by mentoring and holding other people accountable. I want to always be developing other people and helping them step into their calling. That is part of my calling. And, and there is an accountability to that because man, I know I cannot hold them accountable for what I'm not really living out and living out well. And I know that if there is an area that is off again, that holds me accountable in that area to where I have to pull it up and and keep that up and, and, and the standard that God has set for my life to be. So invest in yourself, getting a mentor, yet getting and mentoring other people. 
if you don't know where to even begin, make a list of things that you feel like you need help learning or that you need help with accountability or areas that are not happening that you need someone coming alongside of you helping to make it happen. And then take this before the Lord and ask him to bring you the right person to mentor you. Um, Invest in that. Invest in that. And then get some solitude. If you're going to invest in yourself, I think that there is a secret, the secret behind greatness is going to be solitude. I'm going to have a program on this. I've done this in the past as a topic, but I want to redo that one because I really think that there's some things God's been giving me that are really essential. But solitude is vital. All of the great men and women in the Bible had solitude. If you go back and you look at their lives, look at Elijah. (laughs) He had a wilderness. Moses, he had the backside of the wilderness. Um, I'm just thinking off my head. Jesus, Jesus, he had a wilderness. David, he had caves, you know, and also he had plenty of time growing up out in the, out in the pastures. You get my idea. We need solitude to truly develop originality and to really hear God and to learn how to hear God. Um, It's essential. All great men and women had that time because I believe God wanted them to, to really be able to know his voice and to be able to know who they were, to know their identity, to not get mixed up in all these things that can, again, come in with all the little good things, the little trinkets, the, the little um, things that can crowd out all of the, the very best things that God has for you. And then finally, take care of yourself. Find ways to refresh and renew and rebuild and rest. You know, I had that, um, I had a recording already on, um, I believe it's Iron Sharpening Iron, on strategies for self-care. I think it's essential that we develop a strategic plan for taking care of ourselves. Not that we always do everything, but that we know, hey, I have a way of holding myself accountable. If I'm not doing at least some of this regularly, that I'm going to pull back and, and, and make sure that I hold myself accountable in this area. I have to do that because I think through the years, there was such a lie perpetrated in the Christian community that it was ungodly for women to want me time or for women to want time to refresh and rebuild and renew and rest. Um, I think it's that mommy martyr stuff coming out. And I think that it's good. I've seen some writing that, you know, people talk about their position and it sounds really good, but the only problem with it, I, I mean, I get being sacrificial and I get being sacrificial when you're needing to be sacrificial. I believe in work. God is a God of work. He worked six days, but let me just mention on the seventh day, he rested. He did some me time. And likewise, we're created in his image. And how much more do we need it? Jesus himself, Jesus himself had me time. He, I remember the passage that said, tired as he was from his journey, he went, he sat down by the well. Jesus, Jesus, God incarnate got tired and he sat down by the well. I think that there, that means that, you know, we are not immune to being tired and weary. And if we do not sit down and rest, it opens the door for the enemy to come in and to wreak havoc in areas like our health, our relationships, and even our effectiveness. So we want to make sure we invest in ourselves. Also, take some time to clean out, revamp, and restructure. 
I'm going to have a program just on this, so stick with me and don't forget to definitely stay connected for it. But this is that time of year that I'm telling you, I start getting almost crazy wanting to clean out. I don't feel this crazy all the time, by the way, just in case you're wondering. But twice a year, it seems to be that I guess it's maybe when you are trained up in the way you should go, you don't go far from it. Um, when I was a kid, we used to always have fall cleaning and spring cleaning. We'd open the windows, we'd clean everything out, we'd um, wash everything down, we'd change out the um, bed linens, we would, you know, get everything ready for the holidays in the fall, and in the spring, we would get everything just cleaned out and do spring cleaning. And there's something about this time of year that invites just revamping things, cleaning out, restructuring, deleting things, pruning things, um, really refocusing, just like what we're doing in this program here. So maybe take time to do that right now so that the next four months are your most productive ever. Then the next thing is daring to get moving. Get out of your own way. Yes, try some new things. Set some deadlines. You know, uh, you know, right now, if you're in business, it's a great thing to maybe try to have something for um, Black Friday. To me, that is a really fun launch time for new books or new products or new studies or new memberships. And it gives you a deadline. And then guess what? You have met a goal going into the end of the year. Is that, you know what I'm saying? It's really powerful. You've got a few weeks right now that are perfect for planning um, projects and for getting yourself moving in that direction. Um, why not try something like that? Or whatever it is that you feel like that God is calling you to do, this is that time to get moving in it. Daring to go for it. Don't put it off into another until the new year or until another year or another season of life. Do it now. You know, I remember when the kids were little, people would ask me, why are you doing a ministry now? Why not wait until the kids are grown? I said, you know, that's a really good question. And I seriously now, at this age, have two answers for that. At the time, I knew that my children loved being a part of the ministry, and I knew that it was teaching them things that I would never be able to teach them later on in life. Both of my children learned a very, very strong work ethic and a very, very strong ministry ethic. Both of my children have served the Lord through the years. My son is helping, he and Whitney are helping plan a church um, down in, in their area. They are part of the team there, the dream team down there. And, you know, it's strategic what they do. Whitney is right now um, develop, uh, beginning her own ministry, which is an arm of Rushton Family Ministries. She's doing her own ministry now. And I'm just so excited to see what God is going to do in her. She's such a mighty woman of God. And I love that this is something that she is, she is being a part of the legacy that we've had in our whole family. But you know what? I don't think that all of this, I mean, I do think Whitney would do her ministry no matter what, but I don't think that we would have had all the training that the children needed growing up without the ministry during those years. And then the second thing now that I look back on is, man, I can't even remember half the things we did when the kids were little. I'm so glad that they are in books. I'm so glad that the memories are in audios. And I mean, seriously, there are times I'll, I'll, I'll look back over things. and I think, oh my goodness, I almost forgot about that day. And yet, because I was writing during that time, it was preserved. And it's a treasure. It's really a treasure. 
hopefully it encourages other moms. But I think it the thing that's kind of cool is that it preserved our legacy and it showed me that, you know, I, I, I can't remember all that now. It, there, there, there was a time to write that. And now that it's not the time to write that specifically, it's the time for me to now come alongside homeschool moms in a different way. And for Whitney to be the one who's writing some of those things today. And, and yet also it is now a time and a season where what I'm doing today is not accidental. It needs to be preserved. It needs to be written. It needs to be taught. Does that make sense? So Today is the day. Get moving in it today. Don't put it off thinking that there's going to be a better time. That's a lie from the enemy. And I expose his lies and I expose God's calling into your life to do it and do it beautifully. You don't have to do it perfectly. Just take a step. And God's going to God's going to add to it. Man, I didn't do everything perfect. I look back and I think, "Ooh, I can't believe I published that." But then again, I look at it and God just so takes care of everything. And he, he wants for us to be used today, today. And, and, you know, I say my claim to fame has always been being in the trenches with each of you. That's it. That's, that's all I am. That's all I, that's all I ever desire to be is among you, a mom among you. And, and, so today is the day for you too. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have um, notoriety. You don't have to have some somebody putting their hand on your ministry or your business. You can step in and do what you're called to do and then keep moving. Your momentum is your key to, to success. You know, I remember Matt telling me years ago, he was, um, he was doing some, some things with the military. He's in special forces. And there were some of the things that they were having to do. And he said that there were snakes everywhere. And I said, really? I said, that kind of scares me as a mother. And he said, but here's the key. He said, you just can't sit down. You have to keep moving. He said, if you're moving, he said, the way that they see, the way that they sense things, it puts fear into them. And they, they, can't, they can't strike you when you're on the move. And he said, it's kind of like with the devil, you know, when you're on the move, he, he, he can't sense certain things. He can sense things. He can sense that you're there and he thinks but where he strikes, you're already moved on and you're already gone. And so momentum is your key to, to spiritual warfare. It's your key to victory. It's your key to really being productive and doing everything that God's called you to do. So keep moving. And then finally make every day count. Today truly counts. Today. Today. So I ask you, I mean, I've shared a whole bunch of stuff. I've just, I've, I've just thrown out a whole process of things that can help your next few months to be truly productive and to be truly eternal in, in what you're doing. What is it that God is asking you to do today? Maybe it's not even something I shared. Maybe he brought something up while you were listening. Will you commit to do that? Will you commit to, to moving forward at, towards your calling and, and, and towards what God has got, gotten in store for you? It is going to be so amazing and so beautiful. But you have to do it. Nobody's going to do this for you. And no, it's not going to just get done. God has got a beautiful calling for you. Live it. Live it. 
He has such a beautiful purpose for your life. Come on, press into it. Okay? Well, I'm going to just close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so, so much for today. And thank you for this show. And and Lord, I just praise you. I praise you. I lift you on high. You're such a good, good God. And Lord, I thank you that you care about each of our lives. And you want us to live lives that you have designed for us. And God, right now, I just pray that you take away and you press back all fear that's attacking each of my friends. And Lord, that you give them a faith that just rises up, that comes from your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that you give them a clarity of vision, that they can see the path and they can see the step you want them to take and that they will dare to rise up and step into it. And God, I just thank you. You've got such good, good plans. Plans to prosper. Yes. And Lord, I pray prosperity upon my sisters and brothers in Christ. Plans to give them hope and a future. Oh God, give them hope. Let them just get a glimpse of the future and know they're worthy of it. Because you've paid the price. You set their worth. And God, I just praise you that you're wanting to use them. That you are moving in their life. I don't think it's an accident they're listening to this show. And God, I just praise you that you're moving in their life because there's someone crying out for who they are. And God, I just pray that you move them into position for what you've called them to do. That you move them into position for their purpose. And that you use them mightily, Lord, for your kingdom to make you famous. To, to, to minister on your behalf. Thank you, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great week. And hey, if you want more and you haven't listened to all the other shows, go check them out. And I will again see you next week. Bye. Thanks for joining us today for Mom to Mom Radio Show. Now we hope that you'll take just a few moments to go to our website at momtomomradioshow.com. There you'll find our archives. There you can connect with us. You can listen online to other shows just like this one. You can also follow our RSS feed. You can grab our show notes. And most of all, you can sign up for our updates so you can stay connected and not miss even one show. Again, that's found at momtomomradioshow.com. And of course, we look forward to seeing you again for our next show. Mom to Mom Radio Show is a broadcast of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.